so yeah um i i think uh i think we have a lot to talk about today i think we have to talk about obviously all the games that were announced at the playstation um announcement on wednesday as well as a few other games that were coming out we also are going to talk about price point obviously for playstation so if you're not necessarily a fan of playstation still stay um because we need the viewership uh no um we're going to talk about mostly playstation things today and we're also going to talk about the call of duty alpha me and steve got to play that uh this weekend briefly uh we played it a lot yesterday but um we got to play some more today we're gonna give you our first thoughts on some of the mechanics in it and what we thought some of the great maps um we'll get into that a little bit later uh but first let's start off talking about how the hell are you doing steve wait it's been it's been what all of like three hours since we talked (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's only been three hours so far so we've uh, been trying to uh maintain our consistency with releasing more episodes on a weekly basis hopefully it continues yeah we're gonna get up to seven seven a week which is gonna be a new world record for how many podcasts come out in a year It'll be one minute podcast, just us screaming into the mic, listen for like all like six episodes out of the week. Then the other week, uh, other uh, day of the week, it's going to be actual content. So hope you enjoy that coming forward in the future. No, we will not do that at all. Um, but yeah, uh, let's dive in. Uh, we have a few games we want to cover. I unfortunately was not able to watch the Wednesday announcement or Wednesday. Yeah, PlayStation Five live. showcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you were actually able to watch it for the majority. Am I? Yeah. Correct it was that? timed at my lunch hour, so it was perfect. So I was able to watch oh, it on my phone. For you, you also get yeah. an hour for lunch. Hint, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> to my employer. Ninety minutes if you know what you're doing, but I'm not gonna say no more. No, you, you, we don't know what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, you 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 got to uh, watch it. What were some of the games that really really piqued your interest there? Uh, so the showcase started off with a large and sort of expected announcement based on the rumors. Obviously, in today's age. You really can't keep much a secret anymore. But Final Fantasy 16 was announced as a PlayStation 5 console exclusive. Square Enix is going back to the traditional high fantasy setting of previous entries in the series. Uh, for example, taking inspiration from Final Fantasy 9. Uh, I think the first three Final Fantasies were also high, fa- high fantasy. And this one really gave me that Witcher vibe that you kind of explained to me yeah. when you first saw the trailer. Yeah, I, and, I, yeah. Uh, I, when I, we, we watched this trailer minutes before we started this podcast. Um, yeah, definite Witcher vibes, especially with the variety of creepy looking, like, I think that well, it had like 15 different tongues and spikes coming out of it. Kind of reminded me like a um, one of those demons from Doom a little bit. It was in the swamp. I don't know. It gave me vibes of, of definite Witcher, um, just based on the monster, the way the monster looked. And then it also gave me vibes of like, I think I said uh, Dragon Age a little bit, but then also vibes of like um, Devil May Cry, because there's this like monster at the end that's, a, there's, there's two big, like monster type things in the game i think you play as the phoenix or you're going to play as the phoenix and then there's this like 
demon looking guy with like wings and shit definitely reminded me of devil may cry but um yeah. yeah most definitely um yeah there's a lot of uh elements you in typical final fantasy fa- uh, fashion if you ever played 15 or even the more recent one uh, seven remake uh you basically acquire like the forms of the gods and goddesses uh and you can unleash them in the combat scenarios that you engage with as it's and it's especially cool because as you're fighting like a a boss encounter and you're, you're feeling overwhelmed well then you hit the fucking emergency button and fucking you know a form of olden will pop up and fucking help you and like it's really cool and so to see that sort of still show up in in the trailer and sort of like retain that um very mythical uh like setting of the final fantasy series i think was really cool to see and then obviously we have the uh console exclusive portion to talk about it is going to release on pc since the trailer that we saw uh it was running on the pc uh it was noted to try to emulate uh playstation 5 graphics uh for the most part there are some criticisms in regards to like the graphics uh final fantasy is known to be pretty cutting edge when it comes to its pre- its presentation from the trailer that we saw we could tell it was pretty it's it's running on an early build that's for mm-hmm. sure because a, a lot of it still feels like it still could have released like in the late stage of the ps4 slash xbox one era right and so the there it still needs more time in the oven to cook most definitely but all in all though i'm still really excited because uh the combat, as you described, uh, kind of gave me that Devil May Cry slash Witcher flashbacks of like, it's going to be way more uh, fast paced than uh, 15 and 7 remake. Mm-hmm. Whereas those were much more uh, slow and tactical. This one feels like it's just going to be just a flurry of attacks, weaving yourself in and out when need be. And it's, it, it just looks really fucking exciting. Yeah. Um, I've never played a Final Fantasy game myself. So, I mean, I might, if you, if we end up picking it up, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, obviously, we have some on the PlayStation 4 that I haven't touched, and I don't have any reason to, personally. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I've never been a fan. I, I could never get into it. Maybe it's if fine. I played, maybe if I played one, like I did play Witcher Three, I might get into it. You know, of course, I was never into Elder Scrolls until I played Oblivion, right? Right. Yeah. You have to that's play fair. one, play one to get into it. So, just that's that initial, comparison. that initial, like, ah, do I want to spend the time dipping my toe into this? And of course, once you do, it usually is fun. But, um, yeah, definitely would and- check it out. And then one extra thing before we continue on to the next game in the showcase, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is being developed by the Creative Unit 3, which was, uh, uh, they basically made the the lead designer, which I can't remember his name at the moment, but he was the the, the brain behind uh, reforming Final Fantasy 14 online, the MMO, in its second phase, where when it first came out, it was a mess, and they were going to pretty much like not continue with it until he came in, fixed the whole thing, and now it's probably the second, maybe it's the largest MMO in the world right now. Naoki so, Yoshida? Yeah, I think that's his name. He's, uh, he's Final Fantasy... Oh, wait, that was 14. Maybe not. He's the producer and director of the last couple ones, I think. So... 
Um, so basically, he was in charge of Final Fantasy XIV's uh, Rebirth and Realm Reborn, which which it was called. And then following the expansions all the way up to um, Shadowbringers. Uh, the one thing that people love to bring up is that the narrative and the story delivery in those entry points for the MMO has been highly considered to be like the best in the entire Final Fantasy series. And bringing his talent into 16 as a standalone single player exp- experience just gets me even more excited for it. Hmm. So I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to playing it once it comes out. Yeah, uh, I might have to check it out. We will see. Um, and then you also said there's a speculation it could be connected to earlier games in the series. What makes you say that? Um, it's more or less there is some speculation online in regards to certain elements about 14 and how it might actually connect to the MMO. Obviously, you have that that connection with the project team um but uh the mention of the crystals uh there's just so much to sort of like dissect uh for this one segment of the podcast uh and i'm not too well versed into the lore to give specifics but it's basically going to tie uh some elements from the previous entries uh i'm not sure to what extent but there are certain hints to it that's all I can say. Okay, cool. Uh, next game you have on the docket, you, you said uh, was Spider-Man Miles Morales. What did they show? Yeah. Uh, I know this was announced prior to this showcase. Um, so what did they show that was, uh, what happened here? Was it a game, a full gameplay? Yeah, it basically was like an introductory uh, demo uh, session where they first started off with a cutscene with Miles Morales entering his home. And then he's, he went, he goes out to exit with one of his friends. They go into like this little uh, outdoor festival um, at night. And then I think his mother is running for like a political position. Mm. And then okay. it kind of like go, cuts to black uh, because uh, some event occurs. Uh, I think some enemies attack. And then they show the new type of enemies uh, slash faction. I think they're called the Syndicate, or the Underground Syndicate, or something. I think they're um, being in Spider-Man lore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already screwing up the lore already. But uh, basically, they they did not show up in the OG Spider-Man for the PS4. Um, but they have uh, come out of their uh, underground slumber and they're terrorizing the city, and it. The demo basically finishes off with this bridge sequence that is very cinematic. Uh, you weave in as, as Miles and you save a bunch of civilians that are like stuck in the bus. And then eventually you fight off against the new enemy type. And uh, the, the one thing that really strikes me as really cool is how they're, they're like super infused with like these... Uh, like, like, not it's not like purple electricity. It's like shocker in a way, but mm. it's it's like void energy in a way. And it, the whole combat was very flashy, and even Miles himself used some of that power. And it kind of reminds me a bit of Infamous, to be honest. Um, Interesting, which was really cool. Okay, cool. And of course, electricity is his power, right? And you can also turn invisible. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Very cool. So yeah, Sinister Syndicate is what they were called. Apparently they had a leader called Beetle. 
There you go. I'm not sure if that's going to be what they go with next. Obviously, they have the... He locked up all the um, the people who are uh, part of... Oh, shit. The Sinister Six. Uh, in They're all in Rikers right now, right? Except for Dr. Ock died, right? At the beginning, end of the first game? Right. Correct. So... Yeah, this will be interesting to see new new enemies, new. Uh, and how long is the runtime for this one going to be? Do we know yet? Uh, it's going to be a shorter game. It, think of it more like Uncharted: Lost Legacy, where it's going to be like a six to eight hour affair. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, it will most it will most likely end with a tease or a cliffhanger that connects to the inevitable Spider-Man sequel that we would get mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, as for pricing, uh, it's going to cost $50. Um, and then they have a deluxe edition, which includes a remastered version of the original Spider-Man with upscaled high-resolution uh, textures. Um, and I, I guess one of the main things that they kind of marketed it was like, for those who didn't play the original, you know, this is tailored more for you because you could experience the original uh, with all the high density upgrades that we're giving it, thanks to the power of the PlayStation Five. Yeah, and so yeah, that will be a launch game, November twelfth. Very cool. And there will also be a PlayStation Four version. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that Morales. that if yeah. anyone who buys that one or anyone who buys that version will be upgraded to get the PS Five version for free when they play it on the new system. Correct. Yeah, so that, that'll be nice. I remember Battlefield. Four, three, four. One of those had had that option, but it was a timed exclusive to upgrade. So I think it was, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't end up doing that because I missed the window. But of course, I hope this doesn't have a window like that. I'm not sure if I will be getting the PlayStation Five on launch yet. I have been given an offer to do this. We'll discuss that short in a little bit, though. Um, <laughs> So, another game that you mentioned was Hogwarts Legacy. I actually saw this trailer come up on Reddit, um, and it's the it's the Harry Potter, well, quote unquote, Harry Potter game uh, that was leaked on uh, leaked many years ago, about two three years ago, right? And Correct. Uh-huh. Looks good, man. I'm very very. It takes place in the 1800s, set in. Um, I think you start off at Hogwarts. It's called Hogwarts Legacy. And, uh, yeah, it's an open-world RPG. Um, very cool. I, I think that... W- which house would you... P- it it kind of seems like you get to pick which house you get to go into, but I would... I would hope so. I mean, I, well, unless there's an option to be sorted randomly by the sorting hat. Right, that would be cool. Case, that would also be cool. Yeah, yeah, pick have the sorting hat pick which one. Hufflepuff. Fuck, this is going to be boring. Um, <laughs> oh uh, no, no, no. Uh, I think that... I would want either to pick which house I get picked into, put a sorting hat, um, have the sorting hat choose, or do like a Harry Potter quiz, which places me in whatever house I want to be in anyways, based on my reactions to certain um, events. Events. Right before you get in the, yeah. Right. Like you have choices to pick on as you're like, let's say you are approaching Hogwarts and they ask you questions. Like if you had to pick, like you're on the train or I guess it might be you might be in a carriage 
based on the um the intro video for the trailer but uh either way either you're on the train i guess trains wouldn't now i have to really go back and think about my my think back when the hell were trains invented because trains were were invented in shit i had to look up when trains were invented to figure out if there's even going to be a train in this game i'm going off topic uh <laughs> when were trains invented because of course there's this Hog- the hogwarts express 1804 okay so yeah we're, depend- good. Yeah, we're good we're fine we're good the Hog- of course we have magic so who gives a shit about trains but <laughs> but um uh back to my point You'll probably be on the Hogwarts Express or whatever form of transportation when you're getting there. They'll kind of ask you questions or they'll have you do certain acts and you get to react to certain side quests within the train, like interactions with characters. If you murder somebody on the train, you're going straight Slytherin, of course. Um, <laughs> if you just make a house elf explode into like diamonds, you're definitely going to uh, straight to hell. But um, you'll be a Slytherin on the way there. I think I'm going to choose Slytherin personally just because I want to go more of an evil wizard path warlock path um but yeah ravenclaw baby it's all about ravenclaw hell yeah um gryffindor maybe i don't know but i i think some what are some monsters you want to see in this one because they showed the troll which is familiar a dragon obviously um i wouldn't mind seeing a basilisk having to fight one of those yeah that'd be cool in like a in like a water uh like in water and you have to use the water you can't look at it oh okay yeah you can't look at it while you're fighting it so you have to like use the water to your to shoot the spells yeah i think that'd be cool lots of little things you could do with this but yeah it starts off at hogwarts and you kind of opens up from there um obviously we're not going to see the the anybody familiar because no one would have been around back in the 1800s um not Grindelwald even which is the bad guy from most recent films so yeah a lot of maybe we'll oh maybe we'll see the original founders oh that's true that might be the four we might see Godric Gryffindor uh I'm missing everyone else (laughs) or maybe we'll get to see nearly headless Nick before he gets nearly headless I don't know maybe some uh some ghosts that aren't ghosts that'd be interesting um but yeah i definitely want to see that and then of course the fantastical beasts you can actually become friends with it seems like there might be a path where you can and i'm not sure it might be like i'm guessing a skill tree where you can learn to tame more uh animals and things of that nature versus having to fight them yeah definitely because it seems like you can fight a lot of these animals but then there might be a skill tree it's like you can persuade them or use a spell to calm them and then you know pet Mm -hmm. them because there's this big like tusked looking thing that you're petting but then it also looks like to see in the trailer there's a similar beast that is charging at you so it's like you can choose evil versus or not necessarily evil but more fighting versus not fighting in the game yeah I hope they take a cue from Persona and have it be to where you attend class and your lectures and they provide gameplay incentive to like learn and customize your spells and you you, you get better uh, by doing like these mini games or stuff Mm -hmm. and sort of like 
not diving too deep into the day-to-day maintenance stuff because obviously people want to just fuck shit up sometimes but i would definitely like to see them approach it from a more casual perspective of I would, just being like you know living the life as a student i would also um, love to have a they and i'm i really hope they do it I'm not sure if they will depends on of course time money and things yeah but a, a uh, quidditch metagame that'd be cool like a whole it's like gwent right it just consumes you the you know witcher's great for those who don't know what the hell i was talking about with gwent there's a side card game in witcher which is called gwent and it consumes me and everyone who ever plays the witcher because that's the shit in witcher a very similar yeah. a very similar thing with uh, quidditch would be a great meta game because you could just get the quidditch world cup or not world cup but the quidditch cup um yeah, I also hope they include like the other other schools like Durmstrang and uh, Bobaton, but more Durmstrang, um, because I think that would be really interesting. And also, I guess they might do the Goblet of Fire in it. I'm thinking too much into this, but if they really wanted to go whole hog, because the, there's certain events that would take place at Hogwarts, Goblet of Fire was the thing that would take place every like every. How many years did the Goblet of Fire take place? <laughs> I have to look this up. It's so much lore you could do with it. That's the whole point of this game, to do so much lore. How often does the Goblet of Fire happen? Every five years. They could totally do it. Oh, yeah. They could totally do it. Put that in the game. Death Eaters wouldn't be a thing, or not necessarily Death Eaters, but um, Death Eaters were the followers of Voldemort, right? They might call them something different in this game and make them evil, because there is this one part where there's a uh, some guy in a mask in a cave, and I'm hoping you could play as that person, <laughs> or at least that kind of character, where you can just go full evil, like. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm too nice of a person, so I'd probably end up being like Gryffindor. Like heroic evil or good. Um, <laughs> that, that, those words don't. Heroic evil. Heroic evil. You know what heroic okay. evil looks like? Yeah. Looks um, like it looks like uh, it looks like Homelander. <laughs> lawful evil. There you go. Homelander. <laughs> it's a disgusting. All right. Um, so yeah, that that game I'm look not to not to go full hog on Harry Potter, but uh, the game's supposed to be releasing in sometime in 2021. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a launch title based on nope anything like that. But um, you know, maybe within the first year, two years, definitely looking forward to it. Last t- last game I freaking played was ooh Deathly. No, it wasn't Deathly Hallows. That was like a stupid. I don't even remember the Xbox camera thing, but um, the yeah. connect, the connect, yes, yeah, stupid connect game, which four hours <laughs> was one of Joe, not Joe Rogan's, Angry Joe's um, things. But yeah, looking forward to this game. Uh, next was a game yeah. I actually never got to play. Uh-huh. Um, it is the game that started the whole Souls genre. Demon Souls, and uh, it's a remake. We watched the trailer briefly before this. Um, nothing, of course, it's a remake, so it's nothing revolutionary about it. I don't even know what the first game looked like. I'm assuming it's 
far up res from the last game. I, the en- the enemy at the end looked really cool. That like pig demon looking guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is developed by Blue Point Games, which remade my favorite game of all time uh, two years ago, Shadow of the Colossus. So their pedigree is already up there. And uh, from the looks of things, I did play Demon Souls. I downloaded it on my PlayStation 3 like a few years ago when I was uh, doing my Red Dead Redemption uh, playthrough uh, because I wanted to platinum that game before Red Dead 2 came out. And then uh, I had played it for uh, a few hours or so. I couldn't get past the tutorial area. Um, that's how hard it was. But again, I, I just suck, especially when it, I've been out of the loop or have not dipped my toes into a Souls game in a while. It takes me a while to acclimate to it again. But Demon Souls is definitely a lot more grounded. It's definitely a, a, a lot more slower-paced uh, combat style than either Bloodborne or Sekiro. It's definitely... Uh, I'm very interested to see what sort of like adjustments they make to the combat interactions with enemies and like the hitboxes. Because from from the approach that Bluepoint make takes in rebooting or like remastering games is basically not changing much at all. Uh, maybe fixing like certain uh, like camera adjustments or stuff like that, but they don't like to touch like the fundamental gameplay of the original game. They just want to basically paint the whole landscape in more detail and just overdo the texture quality everything right and and yeah so it's it's very much like uh for shadow of the colossus they basically had two engines running where they had the original engine of uh the playstation 2 and then they would just overlap that with the playstation 4 engine and just the graphical overhaul being on top of that Mm -hmm. speaking of overhauls um it looks like you mentioned you did mention that uh the bonfires in the original version used to take a little bit longer to load and this one looks like it's seamless yes because the uh solid state drive of the playstation 5 uh enables that uh load times for most next gen games are going to be almost instantaneous as a result we should also expect that uh more frequently in like action games uh like spider-man um where like more often than not uh when the very like few people that did take the train in spider-man just to go to the other side of the map instead of swinging like are you fucking crazy why would you not swing yeah swing Um, dude always swing. there's a trophy isn't there a trophy for taking the train yeah, there's a trophy for taking it, right? <laughs> It's like, use the train, please. We, yeah, we that was like please. one of my final trophies, because I'm like, why? Why would I take the train? <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, so like something like the, the train uh, load screen would be like 10 seconds in the PS4 version, and then if you were to migrate to the PS5, it would just be instantaneous. Like, oh, you're, you're already on, on the other, other side of the map. I'm not sure how that would translate to other full-fledged games that involve multiplayer and stuff, but I would assume the occasional bathroom break or the occasional, you know, go grab a drink from the fridge probably won't be as frequent. Right. So, yeah. 
Well, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, this game is going to be a launch title. Demon Souls will be a launch title along with Spider-Man, Miles Morales for the PS5. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Those are, yeah, two automatic pickups on my end. Uh, Spider-Man and Demon Souls. I've actually never beaten a single Souls game. Not even Sekiro. Not, oh, well, Sekiro makes the sense because that has the one ground. of the most challenging bosses of 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 what, any the, souls the, game. the monkey the last one the last boss uh which last boss the one guy where he turns into he, it's he just the power of lightning and he has like three or four phases oh yeah and that's right and the yeah the field i never got past the night on the <sighs> bridge roberto <laughs> um but yeah no i never uh I never, I never beat any of them. I mean, I guess I, I should have beat. What stopped? What did I? What did I stop I, I at? Feel like you should. I feel like I was very close to beating, um, or moderately close to beating. Uh, oh shit! Bloodborne. Um, I got to the part where the, you, you get to the nightmare world, and if you stay in the light for too long, you oh, get yeah. killed yeah. and die. I think that was were, the part that got fucked me up. Yeah, you. Were, yeah, you were. It was just like before the spiders. Point. The big oh, okay. spiders. Yeah, but right. I totally could have done that. Uh, probably if I used you as like a ringing bell. But I, I kind of, I think I got sucked into other games that were way quicker to beat. So maybe I'll go back. I definitely still have it downloaded on my, my PlayStation 4. So who's to say? Um, yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe if you get a PS5, you could just hop on Demon Souls. The combat is a lot more streamlined in that regard. It's just a sword and shield. Oh yeah, one more thing you wanted to mention about that. You said the initial game had you can have four players in your same world, and this one seems like it's going to have around eight. Uh, I I think it's six or eight. Six I think eight. it's six. Yeah, at least six players. So they here's the player count. And we're not confirming if they haven't confirmed whether that's going to be six all in the same team or six two four here it, on your team and then two invading. It depends. I mean, they might cap the co-op functionality to where it's only three people, that and then sense. have like three people like invade your your world and try and kill you, because that's all. That's always fun. Uh huh. Being fucking invaded by someone else that you didn't ask for, you can and they turn it off. Too much of a pussy. No. No. Never turn it off. Always keep it. I over. like the challenge. I like a challenge. Yeah, so uh, that game looks like it'll be fun. Um, and, of course, PlayStation couldn't finish their press conference without a little bit of God of War teaser. Um, we knew it was coming, of course, for the PlayStation 5. How many years has it been since it came out? Four? 2018. Two. Hmm. Um, it's, a short, it's a short turnaround for what is a AAA production. We also don't know when it's getting released, so... Yeah, 2021. Do we? Okay. Do you think that's going to be delayed? No. No. I actually think I actually think uh Cory Balrog, the uh game Bar-Rog. director of the original God of War, uh-huh. he had already planned out the whole trilogy, so they know what they're doing. Oh, perfect. So, um, that, that's why Sort of my resentment towards the first game was how much it relies on having to wait for the second one to get that big picture. Jesus Christ. Turn that shit down. My God, my ears are bleeding. 
I don't oh, know how God. that. Ding. <laughs> I just realized I didn't put my phone on mute. There That's okay. Unprofessional bastard. Unprofessional. Uh, also, it's probably, it yeah. probably deafened almost half the audience. If, yeah, um, there you go. But yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I could do a cut snip and snip that and one, no, one that fine. one noise out. No, no, keep it. no, keep it. no, I'll keep it and then I'll use it in future episodes. We're going to talk about something that's really important. Kind of like a, uh, you know, solid snake, uh, a metal gear solid, you know, kind of thing, whatever. Um, so Santa Monica studios again, uh, is developing yep. this super excited as of course, for anyone who beat, uh, God of War and got the true ending. You could see that it's going to be Thor in this game. We're going to fight, of course. Um, I imagine once you kill Thor, you'll be able to use his hammer. If you kill him, which I don't think you will, I think Kratos dies. Uh, but that's and if you, of course, if you pay attention to the first game, uh, the, there's something about that snake that. Um, you should be paying more attention to. I don't want to spoil it for those folks who haven't either played the game or, um, you kind of already did by mentioning Thor. What? What about Thor? <laughs> that he shows up. Oh, he shows up at the end of the game, but that doesn't, that doesn't, I'm sure people have seen that. People don't always pay attention to what the, uh, the, All right. um, All right. what, uh, what's there was a, there was a, uh, on the walls of the last mission where you go and there's a bunch of dead ice giants. Prophecy. Term prophecy. I was trying to think of the word. There's a prophecy on the wall that very briefly gets examined and you don't get to pay attention to what exactly might be happening in the next game. Or, And I have a feeling that Kratos might die and something about a snake. I'm not going to ruin it for those people who think, who haven't seen it. But um, yeah, definitely excited for this game. 2021. Uh, do you think it it comes out holiday 2021? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Horizon will come out in the first half of 2021, and God of War would be a nice cap off to the to that year. I'm trying to finish Horizon the first one uh, before I get into what the heck the second one's about. I have I've barely scratched the surface on Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I remember the theme of the ending of like the general like big picture idea of like what the developers were trying to tell uh it, with their story i don't know the exact details of what happened per se yeah i just uh, in, in the entire game to be honest like it just my mind has been wiped off of that game story yeah i i remember i don't know how far i am in the game but i just got to the part where there's these invisible um robo dinosaurs and there's this one that is a pain in the ass because he's invisible and then he has this red glint to his like right before he shoots his missile at you and it's fucked um but that's all i remember about the last thing i played in that game but yeah Yeah. um i'm looking forward to the next what is it called horizon what's the second is this horizon 2 or forbidden west forbidden west yeah okay looking forward to that game as well uh as we were talking about if you already know this is this this next part probably won't be news to anyone but the prices did drop for the playstation 5 um they confirmed its release date is november 12th uh for us and a few other places and then i think it's 
the 15th or 19th for the world? Correct. Worldwide would be the 19th. 19th. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, standard version is going to cost $499. And if you want the all digital version, it's costing $399. Um, I personally, if I'm going to get one of them, I want the digital version because, I mean, I, I've gone pretty much all digital for the PlayStation 4. I'm not a disc guy anymore. I went all digital because A, quicker, stay home, really easy to do during COVID, but that was way before COVID was an issue. Um, and I can have the game. The only difference is like space on the hard drive, right? Uh, and right. by that, I mean space I'm going to have available. But I'm fu- I got an extended hard drive, so which I hope everyone does get. Um, I, I would recommend that to anyone who's like, oh, I don't want to download all these games. Just get a just get a Seagate uh, hard drive or something like that. Um, also, you know, uh, I, I think it's it's a good investment either way to get an external hard drive in case anything crashes or something goes to shit. It's always important to have one of those, anyways. Uh, so yeah, all digital version is definitely what I'm probably going to get. Um, Steven, we're not going to talk about the thing you did the other day, but Why let's, not? let's, let's, Why let's not? talk a little bit about what the hell happened on uh, the day before, yeah. uh, was, day, no, 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 the day before what? we're going to talk about things that happened the day before the, the, uh, the, the, um, consoles were available to buy because yeah the day prior because the day that they were going to be available to buy was thursday and that shit didn't happen they were released to retailers early and everyone got shit because in the in the session in the um didn't they say it was going to be on thursday they were going to be available there they didn't announce anything which was sony's big mistake uh basically retailers got the heads up okay they put up the listing like even almost a week prior to the showcase amazon had a listing then they took it down uh a bunch of other online chains had uh it it wasn't that it was leaked here's what i think happened you could either be naive about it and be like, this was an honest mistake or the retail outlets were like, fuck it. We want to like, you know, drive sales as quickly as possible while the hype is already at max. And let's just, and let's just forego any type of embargo and let's just, all right, it's on sale now. And that's when the whole shit hit the fan. So, so whether or not Sony had a overarching, like, embargo slash deadline for the listings to be properly open remains to be seen but from the looks of it it looks disorganized from an outside perspective however if you're not naive then you would like to see that oh this was actually pretty malicious of them because now you drive that certain momentum to purchase one as fast as possible because you're like oh shit they're now up on sale so now you're you're grasping for your smartphone or, or you're trying to get back, you know, home from work and you're trying to see if there's any available and then they're not. And now you're kind of stuck with this sense of disappointment. And then you're trying to, you know, see what other retails, uh, online chains have them up and you're up all night trying to figure out, oh shit, shit. Uh, oh shit, listing popped up, pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Oh shit, it, the fucking website is so slow. 
my place in the queue has been lost. It, it was a whole clusterfuck that I think really, from a consumer perspective, it was bad for us. But on Sony's end, it was good for them because now it's like, fuck, there's so much of this demand that they can now reprioritize future shipments to be like, okay, we need to make more of these fuckers. Leading right into that, they made a, uh, a post on, PlayStation made a post on Twitter uh, today, about 12 hours ago, um, saying, let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. <laughs> no shit. We truly apologize for that. Uh, over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles to pre- for pre-order. Re- retailers will share more details. And PS5s will be available through the end of the year. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Uh, at least they're trying to do something about it in, uh, in comparison to Nintendo, which will usually have a limited amount and be like, well, good luck. Uh, <laughs> um, like during the COVID. Didn't didn't um, Switches go apeshit, like sold out during COVID? Um, I think there was a thing. When I wasn't was paying attention. Hit. No, I wasn't paying attention to Switch shipments, but I do recall there being like a... A sort of gap of like oh shit switches are sold out because I, I know that wario 64 the twitter account that sort of is up to date with all the sales uh, and discounts that he posts uh he basically puts like oh look switch is available now on amazon like the original switch like oh okay well isn't that supposed to be like in normal circulation and in normal supply but apparently not so i mean a- animal crossing man what can you say that game is Animal Crossing. Insane. Yeah, I know. that that game by by itself is driving those switch sales. Um, For so sure, it's um, not surprising. So yeah, and you you already bought your you were able to pre order uh, yourself a PlayStation Five. Um, yeah, more more or less more more or less. more. 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 A lot more. More. <laughs> um, but you were able to get yourself hands on a PlayStation 5, so you'll be having it on November 12th. You went for the disc version? Because uh, you want to be able yeah. to play 4K? Well, okay, so the sort of speculation right now is that the total supply of PlayStation 5s, uh, they have it uh, in proportion to about 5 to 1 uh, of the discs and 1 of the digital. So... There's going to be a lot more disc uh, PlayStation 5s out on the wild than they are digital. So, again, if you're not naive, you would then be led to believe shit. Sony is actually doing this smart because the, digi- the, the $400 version will be in low supply. And if you really want a PS5 now, you're going to have to cough up that additional $100 for the disc version. My original plan was to just purchase the the $400 version because I don't own physical media anymore. I'm purely... Are you playing with a coin? Am I? Maybe. You're trying to flip something? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um... But yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, so I, I'm pretty much like under your same shoes. Where like I, I don't have any physical media, but I did get the physical, the 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 disc drive version because I may or may not decide to invest in like a 4K Blu-ray library in the future. And having a 4K Ultra HD player on the PS5, I think it's just a bonus. Yeah, and it definitely makes sense. Um, the maddening thing 
something this is outside of the games we saw at the at the um, conference, but uh, I briefly showed you something this week. It was a Crisis remake with an 8K version, an 8K display. Like so, PlayStation Five can already do 8K. Correct. Okay, but of course there's no TV that can actually show it. Yeah. Um, So it's like we can't really. You can, well, you, it's potential, yeah. but you I cannot mean, see it or use it yet. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's not gonna approach that mainstream saturation in like five to eight years from now. So I won't worry too much about that. But it's nice to see that the PlayStation Five has been at least a bit future proofed in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, definitely excited for the PlayStation Five, uh, and I probably will be getting one from uh my good friend uh called my wallet uh very soon maybe we'll see i'm gonna get it eventually just depending on when and where and the time in a world (laughs) Um, wallet the the wallet sounds like a good friend yeah the wallet is a good friend also i have my good friend steven who may have acquired one for me um who will meet mr wallet and then there'll be a oh that's cool yeah i should meet him yeah i know it's really cool you'd love to meet him you'd love to meet him uh you'd love to see it um so yeah that's about it what we have for the playstation 5 let's talk about black ops cold war um really we need to just briefly speak about one more thing okay what's the one more thing the playstation plus collection oh Uh, shit this was announced that's right uh, at the tail end of the showcase and it's pretty much they condensed all the playstation 4 greatest hits titles final fan it's a whole list i have we should look up yeah let's look it up let's do research you didn't even type it into the discord didn't know we were talking about this no exactly playstation collection yeah let's talk about this because we are looking it up on the fly all right so the playstation plus collection is an added uh, benefit to the playstation plus subscription that you already pay for um and they're going to condense 15 greatest hits uh, titles from the PS4 generation that you can access and download and play as as you see fit. The 15 titles announced so far is God of War, The Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, Battlefield 1, Monster Hunter World, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, The Last Guardian, Ratchet & Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat X, Persona 5, wink, wink, Until Dawn, and Resident Evil Biohazard. Wink, wink. Um, Yeah, I've never played Resident Evil Biohazard. Out of these, I have played... Okay, I'll just list the ones I didn't play because it'll be a lot quicker. Uh, I played Monster Hunter briefly, but I never played Final Fantasy... uh, I barely played Days Gone, and Persona. Yeah, I played Mortal Kombat X. Never played. I barely played Persona Five. I never played Until Dawn, and I never played Resident Evil Biohazard. Um, so those would be some of the ones I'd be interested in. The other ones I've beat, played, what have you. Um, but yeah, this did, is awesome. This is a good introductionary program for people who've uh, skipped the PS4 generation. 
you know what, maybe I'll pick up a, a PS5. And then if they enroll to the PlayStation Plus service, they'll be greeted with basically some of the top tier games of the previous generation, which is, I think, a nice thing. Um, it's definitely not a... It's definitely not something that is meant to compete with Xbox Game Pass, um, but it's definitely a nice gesture from Sony uh, to basically give them more incentive to new players uh, into their ecosystem. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a really good service for the PlayStation 5. That's going to be a huge selling point for a lot of people. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you want to bring up related to PlayStation 5 at all? Uh, yeah, a bit of a negative, uh, mm. if you want to call it that. But it appears that all Sony first-party titles will now be $70, which means oh, that no. that would give more incentive for publishers to release 70 uh, price uh, AAA games uh, in the future. So we're looking at the next generation that sort of is going to you know, keep up with inflation and basically price the titles uh, as as seventy dollars. So, I guess no matter how you see it, I guess it's a bad thing. Yeah, sixty sixty bucks was a nice seventy. It's just that just that just noticeable difference that uh, it takes to uh, change the marketplace. I think it's going to be, especially if it's like premium titles, what does that mean for like the gold standard edition or the, like all that other ones? Does that mean they're also going to jump at the marginal price like of $10 or is it going to get more expensive? Like $140 for the gold version or some shit? Like, whoa, okay. Not for me. Imagine a deluxe or a collector's edition now priced at like one twenty, one thirty. It's like fuck. Yeah, no, no, I, I wouldn't be interested. But uh, one would hope that the increase in price would ensure that studios can uh, breathe a little bit in their budgets and provide more. I guess worker compensation in a way, but yeah, I w- would probably be too naive to make that claim uh as long as it makes the next um well this is just playstation yeah playstation first party right yeah this is how their sony is pricing their first party titles from now on um and so i hope this gives the studios breathing room but at the same time the 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 price of developing a triple a title is just increasing with time and the future does seem a bit scary in that regard um so and then how would that be in contrast to the subscription service of the xbox game pass if you look at a casual consumer they're gonna be like well shit the entry price to playstation's ecosystem is way higher why not just go with xbox get me the game pass at 10 15 bucks a month and then just play all these games that you know will be available for me right so it's going to be very interesting to see how which ecosystem is just going to provide more value, I guess, to the consumer and which one will have a large install base. Um, PlayStation has the upper hand because of its brand image and its momentum in first party development. But who knows? Maybe Xbox could pave the way for like a, a different path. So we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But anyways, 
On to the second portion of the podcast. Black Ops Cold War. Yeah. Um, so definitely we've had some fun this weekend playing this game. Um, there's It offers two game modes on there, and both are multiplayer-based, so haven't even touched zombies. Of course, they announced it. Haven't really touched anything regarding it, though. Um, we have... 6v6 and then 12v12 setups I think it's uh, mosh pit for the 6v6 and then um, what was the it was, like, was kind of like ground war in some ways if you played modern warfare uh, much larger maps uh, talking about the smaller like team deathmatch uh, kill confirmed uh, domination and hard point I think are the four game types right yeah correct um those all all four work the same way you would normally know uh but they're they're on these three maps that are really really fun Uh, i'm not such a fan of one of them but uh satellite is an instant classic i think it's like this desert uh landscape bunch of cliffs on the hillside um two kind of well a few routes to run but there's like so much like traversal options for the player it 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 it, it like at first i was like fuck i hope this doesn't seem too overwhelming to like you know oh there's so many potential lanes to cross but after a while the general big picture map design really plays into the idea of like if you know how to like maneuver into like the very hidden areas you could like outflank the enemy team and just go with like clutch plays. And there's this huge fallen satellite in the middle of the damn map. That's like kind of like the the crux position because the left side of the map, or depending on which side you spawn on, um, but let's say the left side of the map is kind of one side of the map is cave routes and kind of um, and it comes together in the middle at this like broken satellite, which is kind of like a kind of a hill that no one can really see over. And the left side or the other side of the map is all desert dunes and kind of uh, intertwining like desert dunes. So you kind of snipe good sniping uh, area to the to that side. And then in the middle, it's this uh, kind of not not valley, but like uh, small crevice area. You can kind of run through and uh, little hills on each side, which provide you know danger to anyone running through the middle but yeah. If, yeah really really fun map i really enjoy that map and it's really fun to play pretty much any of the modes i don't think hard point has been on that one we usually play domination or we did play a, a hard point on that match one? on that one yeah okay it was, i think it was only one match but yeah, yeah i do I, remember playing hard point. i don't recall playing that one uh, but i played uh kill confirmed really fun Team Deathmatch, of course, standard. But Kill Confirmed on that one gets nuts. Because, of course, they have a few different types, and this is kind of bouncing into the mechanics of the game. But uh, score streaks are back. And um, uh, one of my favorites to use, especially in that game type, is the artillery. It's fucking ridiculous. Of course, it's kind of like the airstrike, um, but it's not like a a single path where the airstrike is going to go. It's single artillery drops. And so you could pick boom, boom, boom. That's where I want them. And then just devastates everything in that area. So for kill confirmed, if you have a bunch of people lining up to go grab uh, your team's like tags and you see them on the map, you can just place the airstrike right there. And anyone in that vicinity 
if they're going for those tags, which of course they will be because that's the crux of the game, they're going to die and you're going to get some serious uh, score points for that. Um, very fun to use. There's also, of course, the spy plane, which is kind of the UAV. Um, napalm, which sounds like a goddamn UFO passing when the first time you hear it. You're like, what the hell is that? And then you just see so much death. Uh, there's a counter um, score streak for like countering um, air aircraft. So like any helicopters, I would imagine. I'm not sure if you could use it on someone who like deploys a napalm so because it shows jets coming in doing a strafing run yeah but, so i'm not sure if you could it's it's always a counter you can't use it unless there's something else in the air so maybe if you use it quick enough it'll stop a uh you know uh a napalm strike from happening but i haven't confirmed that yet but yeah satellite's a really fun map uh to play on and um anyone it's available for anyone with a playstation 4 this weekend uh so by the time you're hearing it it's probably too late (laughs) all Um, right the question that pretty much is the only question that matters what the hell is your preferred loadout depends i guess that's the answer uh if it's which gun has spoken to you more in this alpha Like the one that you're like, fuck yeah, that's gonna be my. Go-to well, I initially one. started off with the uh, XM4. Was it? I can't remember the type of gun. It was just like assault rifle. But I was like, yeah. oh, this is the <laughs> shit. But then it was like, oh, it's not the shit anymore. I think it's because they put a silencer on it. But the gun that's really been good. Whenever I'm getting sniped on satellite. I really uh-huh. like, and I'm getting pissed off because this guy's hitting me. Headshot, headshot, headshot. And I have a sniper, and I'm like, I can't hit shit. And this guy's just doming me every second. He's too quick about it. I'll pull out this gun called the Stoner. It's my good go-to weapon. Uh, I put the drum magazine on it, so it has 94 fucking bullets in it at the same time. And I could just pull the fucking trigger, point it at something, and it dies. <laughs> um, it's, It's... It's a gun that I I love. Now, if they drop the damage on it or change it from alpha to beta or something like that, of course I'm going to change it. But the alpha, Stoner is a good gun, mainly for satellite and like medium to long range. Uh, it's not good for short range. Short range has only one champion gun there. Short to medium range has got to be the AK-74U. That is the dopest gun of the game. It is. It was back in the original Black Ops. It was my go-to gun. I would go on killing frenzies with that gun. Once once I mastered the map and the flow of where people spawned, where they approached from, and I would just traverse the map like a fucking speed demon and just lay it on them. That gun to me is still my most favorite gun in like the entire Call of Duty franchise. Uh it's just when you put that fast reload, that that rapid fire attachment. I don't know if there's rapid fire in this version. Uh, not it the might alpha. be locked. Not yeah. the alpha. Yeah, it's not in the alpha, but if they have rapid fire, oh my fucking god, dude. It's going to be heaven on earth. Maybe it's like a um, like the final thing you get for the gun, which was, yeah. I forget what they called them. Like Black Ops 4, they called them something. Uh but definitely, if they have that to the gun, it's going to be nuts. It's just going to be the thing that tears through everything. They'll have to rebalance it. But um, I also enjoyed the M16. 
It's a good solid mid range gun. I haven't found the perfect scope to put on it, and I haven't don't like iron sights because iron sights with that gun it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of iron sights on that gun, and so it's very hard to kind of pinpoint how you're gonna where you're gonna shoot the person. Other guns it's not that way, like the AK seven four U. You don't need any scope on that thing. Not oh, even a dot. You just go straight iron sights. Boom, done. Boom, done. But with the M16, especially with the three shot burst, you got to make every single one of those bullets count because you can. If you do it properly, it's like the BR from Halo Three. It's two shots, two two squeezes of the trigger, and this fucker's done. Well, that's not how it was in Halo Three, but um, you get the gist. That's the same a very, very quick, quick kill. Uh, speaking of that, time to kill is real quick in this game um it's really really quick in my opinion but i enjoy that i hear conflicting reports like i would read comments online about how oh no the the time to kill is actually longer i'm like what game are you playing man well i think it's i think it's longer it it's longer in comparison to warzone yeah that definitely I, i don't know it feels like it kind of depends on what gun you're getting killed by with. Like, right. I think that's another... Sniper? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this shot. is a sniper's paradise. I have never seen a, a Call of Duty game be this sniper-friendly. Yeah, it's actually nice and refreshing. Because I think uh, both on Satellite, which we already spoke about, and then the other map, which I was going to talk about next, Miami, those are two really friendly sniper maps. And I really enjoy Miami, especially as a nighttime map. Because as a sniper... And this is both the bane of it, because if the other team is really good at sniping, it's fucking horrible. But if you're playing as a sniper in Miami, you have a variety of places to go. There's little rooftops you can get onto that you can snipe off of. There's a a railing of a a hotel in Miami that you can kind of be in there. Of course, if sniping in that position in the hotel doesn't protect your back at all, so it's easily for someone, anyone to come up there unless you have a couple buddies defending you. Mm -hmm. Um I got a two-for-one kill earlier today. I mentioned that to you. But uh, two guys were in the hotel. I was on the adjacent uh, roof, and I saw them. And just, bah, they lined them. They walked in front of each other. Quigley status, man. Quigley status. Only a few people know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but it was a two-for-one kill, long shot. It was it was amazing. But, yeah, Miami's a really good map uh, for sniping as well satellite's pretty good if you're in the dunes uh moscow no i wouldn't say moscow's a sniping map Mm. at all no but ah dude like the amount of fucking like blind fire no scopes that i've seen people make in in this alpha is just crazy to me it is absurd that i feel like if you played sniper in any map you wouldn't be at a like disadvantage disadvantage it's like i don't know it feels so weird to even think about snipers being this overpowered in the call of duty game and they start you off with iron sights i mean of course it's the alpha so they won't do that in the main game most likely but you have the ability to just go straight iron sights with a sniper and you could run i could see someone running like smg ak74u and then a sniper with iron sights is like a quick boom done kind of kind of um load up that'd be cool um but yeah Uh yeah so what are your like impressions in general of this call of duty and the long lineage of call of duty so far like i mean um how would you compare it like 
like from a multiplayer's perspective uh and the very brief you know maps we've gotten it's fun i'm enjoying it um of course modern warfare call of duty 4 modern warfare is one of the tops there uh also with i i enjoy modern warfare 2 a lot as well i remember black ops being the shit is still one of my favorites and this is all the other ones kind of meld together but and don't get me started on ghosts uh but (laughs) but uh yeah this uh this is definitely it's there it's there for now and we'll see how it progresses i want to see some other maps um do they do they say how many maps are going to be uh on launch in the full game um I guess in typical Treyarch fashion, it's going to be like close to 20, like maybe in the 16 to 18 range um, for the multiplayer. I'm actually more interested to see how they're going to update Warzone because obviously when you first boot up the alpha, you're greeted with the campaign, the multiplayer and the zombie screen, but also the Warzone screen that ties directly into that game mode. And obviously having to download the 100 gigabyte to play that yeah you it's click it and then you wait 20 days and then come back that. yeah exactly now my question is if you already have it downloaded separately would it just jump into it yeah I yeah it probably so. would that's a I, whole separate I just, download <laughs> i just imagine warzone would tie some of the cold war flavor characters and operators from that into their battle pass and then mm-hmm. update the map accordingly Add some game modes uh, as well that are unique to that era to kind of give it some flavor. And then, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of weird juggling between both multiplayer and Warzone, though, to be honest, in, in, in my opinion. Because on the one hand, the multiplayer in Cold War definitely has its own feel, whereas in Warzone, it's it's similar enough but not too much to where there definitely will be like some sort of like disruption of like oh shit i have to get used to this now i have to get used to this oh shit we're gonna go back to multiplayer okay i gotta get used to this are they gonna bring guns over or is it just gonna be uh i would think so at least to have some type of you know streamlining of gameplay mechanics and just the general feel of of basically transitioning between games uh that would be smart of them um but from from what i know i i actually don't know okay well <laughs> what do the what the fuck do you know um <laughs> so um but yeah jumping kind of talking about um some of the other mechanics in the game they have wild cards are back it's a pick system again right um yeah, for the guns uh, attachments. So you have, you know, certain amount of things you can have on the gun. There's little wild cards that will allow you to get either extra attachments in your main gun. Uh, have yeah, two more main perks. guns, yeah, more perks, main and guns. then also there's have... one where you could basically choose whatever perks you want. You're not restricted to a category of perk. Mm-hmm. So you could have three blue perks, three yellows, three reds, if you want. Yes. And then also, uh, there's another one that allows you to have two lethals and two um, um, tactical grenades as well. Uh, the ones that they showed in the alpha, they have a, they have a C4 and a frag grenade for your uh, lethals. And then uh, I think the tacticals are smoke and, and a stun grenade 
Mm-hmm. Uh, since there's no thermals, I don't know why anyone would use smoke. My personal opinion, unless it was like a uh, objective where you you know you're on the objective and then you're trying to hide from bullets hitting you, makes sense to use the smoke there. Anything else? Let me think. Um, uh, yeah, the game's really fun. Um, when it comes to other maps, kind of going back into that. Um, I think there's another map called Moscow. It takes place in a uh, surprise Moscow. And, um, it, you're kind of planning on the rainy streets of Moscow and it's really fun, kind of tight corners when you're in the middle, um, around the sides, it kind of it opens up on like longer streets, but that's a really fun map. Not one of my favorites personally, just cause I think we were always playing domination or, or hard point on that one. I don't, I'm sometimes, um, sometimes, uh, team deathmatch as well. It's a fun, it's a fun map. Um, but definitely I haven't really fell in love with it yet in comparison to Miami and, and satellite, uh, satellites definitely top Miami second and Moscow's third for me. Why don't we talk about your good old friend, the great white shark? That's a great question. So we've become a, a science podcast all of a sudden. The great white shark, well, while it swims below, it will attack from beneath. Um, so what he's referencing is uh, the 12v12 maps in uh, in Black Ops Cold War. Um, so there's two maps in the alpha uh, for these larger scale kind of ground warish uh, type maps. Um as 12 on each team. The first one we were playing on was Armada, which is kind of like uh, boats. It's all boats in the middle in the North Atlantic. And it kind of, um, you're kind of ziplining from ship to ship, which is kind of cool. I do like, enjoy the ziplining. You can also zipline from the bottom of the ship to the app or to the, like the main deck of the ship um, as, as kind of a quick way to ascend. Very similar to Warzone where you can, uh, I think it's in the recent season where you can go from the bottom of a building to the top through a zipline. Um, I really am not a huge fan of that. And what he's referencing about the Great White Shark is I have a fear of sharks, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> and a little bit of thalassophobia but and i was like oh you know there's a whole ocean map and i was like oh dude if you were swimming around here i if there was a, if they added sharks to the game i would be fucking freaked out and i'm swimming around and i look down and i'm like oh what's that what's that swimming uh, oh my fucking god they put the biggest fucking like if you if you're swimming near the bottom of the map there's this pretty damn large man-eater shark it, i swam tried to swim to it but you'll drown before you get to it i think i shot a few bullets at it didn't come after me but it still scared the shit out of me when i was playing uh armada map so if you get a chance definitely go swim and say hi to jaws down there because freak me the fuck out Ugh. <laughs> um armada map is very i don't know I feel like the water really hampers it, and I get why they give you the boats and all that shit. Um, when you first start, it's uh, everyone ha- is starting on opposite sides with this huge, massive battleship in the middle, or not a battleship, but like a freighter ship in the middle um, that houses a Russian submarine. And uh, everyone starts on each side, and I feel like without the boats being there, like there's these smaller like jet skis and a war boat you can get on with a turret, but without those, everything so feels so slow. 
in that in that map and i feel like they need to change something up or do something different because every time you fall in the water and you're just swimming towards the middle it feels like the game slows down to a fucking crawl and also doesn't feel very fun um to be fair you can still shoot while in the water yes you can shoot in water and that makes no sense but um in the 80s but like you can shoot while underwater and like that's cool so it kind of gives you a defensive position and you can also like use the water as kind of a tactical retreat because there's definitely been times there was a time when um and i'll touch back on this a moment when talking about miami but um there's there's like dark parts of the water and you can actually use it to your advantage because you'll be looking up at someone and you can shoot them straight in the face while you're in the water they you can't really see back down into the water so it's actually a great yeah. tactical advantage which i do like um also pits yeah, against me like if you a, can't see your enemy because you're fucked yeah. it's like a fog of war almost <laughs> yeah fog of war so it's like really cool um how they implemented that in the game but uh it's just a very slow map and I didn't really like it. I did like Crossroads, which is the other 12v12 map. We yeah. briefly played that for maybe five minutes. Uh, it yeah, takes we place... joined a... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we had joined like a, a session that was already in progress, so it ended right before we could like actually digest the whole map. With the most hilarious endgame kill cam where it was just showing this guy staring into the distance <laughs> on, a, on a huge turret and just Kids, it, it was so cut. odd just the angle of the kill cam and it just made him look like he was just chilling at the turret like he was there to have a good time and then the guy just fucking I wonder when Yuri will be back with the cookies <laughs> just gets <laughs> completely flatlined in like an instant and of course I don't know. And then, and then he goes into the little bunker area where he's this guy that him. notices. And there's like, a, yeah, there's a guy he kills, and then there's another guy who's like right on that same turret, like just looking out in the way. And, and I'm like, like, what the fuck? Don't notice your dead teammate there or at all that died five <laughs> seconds before, and then just the other guy gets completely killed as well. It, it was it was quite funny. It's more of a you had to be there to see how funny it was, but um. Yeah, that, that's a really good map. I think it has good potential. Uh, a very, it seems like I could snipe a little bit better on that map. Armada is also very open as well, so you could snipe on that as well. But I didn't find it to be as friendly for sniping. Um, it's a snow map for Crossroads. It takes place in Soviet Russia, so really cool. And I like the bunkers a lot, actually. Um, the bunkers were seemed like they were a pretty good defensive thing, and you can kind of do a runaround on an enemy that may be coming into the front door. You kind of go out the back door, come around them, and very defensible. Also, turrets are a huge thing on the 12v12 maps. Every single uh, one, parts, a lot of parts of these maps will have huge gun turrets to like take out the big um, uh, trucks or boats or uh, vehicles that you'll see on the map as well. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on for both the maps of Armada and for Miami, um, mm-hmm. there is darkness. The The play of light in the alpha is very enjoyable. It makes me feel like I can be a sniper or stealthy to some degree when I'm playing a game. Because a lot of people were complaining about the visibility in some of the maps and it's, it's, refreshing you bringing it up as a positive because i also did like realize that because i was like fuck my my discontent with miami as a map was not only because it was a bit more it 
it's kind of weird. Uh, I prefer the more three-lane type maps where it's like you kind of know the map inside and out, and it's fairly straightforward, where if you can control which lane you decide to position yourself in. Miami is not like that. Miami is more open-ended. There's more different ways to, like, traverse it. There's a one big open area in the middle, and... It's like it's like a it's like four quarters like of 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 the areas where it's like shit. Uh, this is like a spawn area in one corner, and then like almost like six traverse the yeah. It, it's more like a square in a way, but it's it's like. But then you brought the whole the whole aspect of the visibility, and it's like oh, you know what? The reason why I didn't enjoy uh, Miami is because not only it was nighttime, but like the visibility from long range is really hard. So like you, you'll get picked off and you were like, where the fuck did that come from? Like mm-hmm. at first I thought that was like a bad thing, but now that I think about it, it just adds more incentive to play more of a sniper and in, in the game that's already sniper friendly. So. Right. And the, th- there's a few things about that. I didn't like for, ex- um, well, this is not necessarily one thing I like or don't like. Uh, the okay. sniper snipers still have a glint. I don't know if you even realized it. Um, if you have I a sniper pointing at you now, if the guy's pointing a gun at you, like if he's just a sniper and he's looking around, no big deal. But I noticed it when someone pointed their sniper at me and you can't really notice it in the daytime maps. Cause it's like super bright out. Like you won't notice it in satellite, but in Miami, uh, it has a very brief flash. It goes, bip, bip, and like, you'll see this flash and you're like, Oh shit, he's aiming at me now. I'm <clears> fucked. <throat> if this guy's sniping other people, you don't see that flash well then you're like oh hey <sighs> done um that was just one thing i noticed as a mechanic i'm glad they inc- included it i'm annoyed uh it makes sense i guess in warzone from like hundreds like you know, hundreds of like you know yards or away that you you want to see that flash because in, in Warzone, everyone knows who play, who's played that, there is a huge sniper glint. You can definitely see almost every sniper unless you're using a different scope um, This where the sniper is going to be aiming at you. So just in, keep in mind, with Black Ops, it's not that way. And I, I would imagine there's no sniper glint if you're not using a if you're not using a scope. So um yeah, and it might just be for the standard scope that the sniper comes with, so I could be completely wrong. It might change from scope to scope, but something I noticed. Bouncing back, one of the scopes I was using, I think it's the very bottom one you can choose in the alpha. Um, I don't recall the name, but especially on the Miami map, it was very, like, it was dark out, and then I put the, I used the scope, and the scope seemed to have a tint, like an, like a darker tint, so it, was, it made it extra hard to be sniper. Um, especially when you're aiming at something that's not well lit. So you're aiming into the darkness. Like if you're um, aiming down the beach, for example, mm-hmm. it's very hard to see where enemies would be until they popped into the light. You might see like a little shadow here moving. You're like, oh, is that just the wind moving against like a, a flag or is that someone running? And of course, it'll draw your you know attention if, if they keep moving. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, just little little things that were annoying about the darkness, but I really enjoyed the lighting of of uh, Miami and uh, overall what they've done with the lighting. Interesting. So, in general, uh, I guess to maybe 
for some closing points, um, the the best map, in your opinion, would be satellite, correct? That's, that's Absolutely. A, Satellite's yeah. a great time. Kind of gives me, like, I don't know. I felt like I was playing a really good Star Wars game uh, <laughs> when I was playing on that map. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. Uh, Satellite's my favorite. Time. And the worst map? <sighs> Armada. Armada. Armada is the worst map. We haven't played Crossroads that much. I might, I might learn yeah. to hate it, but yeah. Initial, initial, from the initial jump, uh, Armada is not my favorite map. Uh, maybe if I, I just haven't had a good experience on Armada, other than you know. Getting Armada is like a weird map in the sense of that. Yeah, and, yeah. Besides the shark, though, like I, I feel like it's, it, it's sort of like a map that is not well in tune with what call of duty is supposed to be uh and there's this like expectation of oh cool you get on some boats and vehicle gameplay is going to be a a little bit like battlefield and it's it's not like that at all it it's you use the boats to traverse the map as quickly as possible to get to that one point that you need to get in domination and that's about it like the, the the use of vehicles in Call of Duty has has never been a focal point. From my understanding, though, the tanks in Checkpoint, I think that's that's the map that we were talking about that we then play on. Crossroads. The tanks. Crossroads. There you go. There's tanks. Um, yeah, there's tanks, and apparently they're fucking overpowered. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you guys use those tanks, I'd be able to let you know, and then I might learn to hate that. But right now, the shining star goes to. Uh, goes to satellite winner winner chicken dinner uh second for me um is miami uh followed by crossroads so far moscow then armada um for me okay number one for me would be satellite number two would be moscow number three would be crossroads uh number four Armada and number five Ooh, Miami. Number five Miami. Hotline, yeah. not so hotline Miami. I um, know, and I expected to love the map based on the footage that they show. Maybe if they play like a flock of seagull song on it while we're fucking shooting people, then I'd be like, you know what, best map ever. Fuck the other ones. Beat them and the map selection screen. Yeah, just like uh, a Hotline Miami version of that map yeah. might, might turn you on to it. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy uh, Miami. I, I just need more time in, in that map and just to get a different loadout maybe. I think so, that's my problem. So after it. this, when is the beta? Because we know we have the alpha this weekend. Uh, and this is actually for PlayStation 4 people only, right? And then the beta will include... Yeah, this weekend. It'll include all alpha. folks who, who pre-ordered the game, right? So beta early access for those who pre-ordered the game will start on October 8th and the open multiplayer beta begins October 10th. So we have a two-day early grace period for those who pre-ordered and the game. How long does the beta run? Uh, uh, let's see. It's not just a weekend, right? Because alpha is just this weekend, right? Yeah, it's just this weekend. So for weekend one, uh, the PS4 early access is October 8th to the 9th. Uh, for the open beta, it would be the 10th and the 12th. Um, 
So basically a good stretch of about five days for weekend one. And then weekend two, that's when uh, that begins October 15th to the 16th. They open it up to Xbox plus PC early access as well as PS4 open access to everyone. And then for October 17th to the 19th, it's open to all platforms. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Anything so, else we know about the beta that what they'll what they'll come with? Anything different? Uh, they did mention they were going to include more maps. Yeah, and that's the thing I would Perhaps imagine. more weapons. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. I really did genuinely enjoy this alpha as a first look to the game. Um, it definitely has the makings of a Call of Duty that I could see myself playing more frequently than previous entries. Uh, and I look forward to playing more. Yeah, and Reagan is Perseus, everybody. Spoilers. Um... Uh... Yeah. Kaya, you're just spoiling things tonight, aren't you? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I'm definitely enjoyed about I'm excited about this game. I can't wait for the story. I'm going to play the shit out of that. Uh, that seems like it's going to be really fun. But the thing that's going to keep us is obviously the multiplayer and uh, the zombies. So um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about this evening, Mr. Steven? Um, perhaps we can give him a little bit of a tease on what our next episode might entail. Next episode, I thought we were ending it here. Uh, the next episode is going to be talking. We're gonna bring something back that uh, I think it was a crowd favorite. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing back Nostalgia Royale, except for, well. It's not we'll just leave games. it at that. It's not going to be about games this time. Couldn't possibly, Stephen. I mean, we, we'll just leave it at that. We went just about all the good games. So yeah, we, we got must, all the good games. Yeah, there must I mean, be a, a new medium to cover. Yeah. And I don't think I it's going to be music because we can't do oh, that God. shit. Could you oh, imagine? God. Oh my god, we should definitely do music. Oh my god, it would be a clusterfuck. It's like too much, too many Metallica things. Metallica versus Megadeth. Let's go, baby. Um, go Flight ahead, of the Concords versus Flight of Seagulls. Uh, oh my god! No, it, it, Weird Al versus Flight of the Concords. Like mm. Weird Al versus Ramstein. Like what do you do? <laughs> like how do you compare those two? I guess you'd have to do it. Like maybe you'd have to do it genre versus genre, and then out of those categories comes like like a top 10 and then out of that top 10 becomes one it's not gonna be music it's not gonna be video games it's gonna be something everyone can pretty much enjoy and uh i think i think you guys will like it um and we're gonna be we're gonna be doing that uh hollywood royale i'm sorry what uh we're gonna be covering that probably next episode so keep an eye out for that. once upon a time in hollywood once upon a time in hollywood ladies and gentlemen um but yeah if you have any suggestions about what you want to hear us talk about if you want to engage with us on social media uh, a really good way to do that is actually follow us on instagram uh we're at nye podcast stands for nerd enthusiasm of course uh you can follow us on instagram we also have a twitter with the same handle nye podcast 
I believe. And Steven runs that and I run the Instagram a little bit on the inside there. Um, we try to post, you know, we've, we have minimal content right now, but of course, if you send us a DM, try to, if you, if you follow us on uh, Instagram, we'll engage with you as much as possible. And we'll talk about, uh, anything you want us to talk about. And we're taking suggestions for what you want to do for nostalgia Royale. So, um, yeah, keep us in mind. And then other than that, have a beautiful rest of your day. Uh, and we'll talk to you then.